So Freaks, it's your boy Marty here to introduce this rip with Ed Dowd. Won't find this one on YouTube. Sorry if that's where you like to watch it. We talk too much about um, a certain medical product that uh, that YouTube does not like. So you'll have to find this on your favorite podcasting app. We'll put it on Rumble if you want to watch the video. If you're listening on Spotify, you'll get the video. But it will not be on YouTube. Top. We only have tops. We only have three boosts from Rip Three Ninety Animal Based Skin Care and Regenerative Agriculture with Charles Mayfield. It was a great rip. It was a great rip. Top three boost at Mark C. That's M A R K S E A. Three thousand sats. Hopefully, this boost goes to founding, funding your half pig brother's recovery. He's fully recovered. It happened almost a decade ago, Mark. But appreciate your your worry for my brother's testes. At Agrarian Contrarian. 1,200 sats. Thank you, Marty, for giving a voice to Regenerative Producers' Bullish Beef Initiative. I am as well. And last but not least, at Spiritual Crunch, or Spiral Crunch, excuse me, 888 sats. The lard works in mysterious ways. Love it. It does work in mysterious ways. I've been putting it on on my face. I did a couple hours ago. Feels good. Logan, do I look good? You do look good. I do look good. Feels good to look good. It also feels good. To know that when you're buying Bitcoin, you're buying from a company built by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners, and that is exactly what River Financial is. A company built by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. It's an exchange. You can buy Bitcoin, sell Bitcoin on River. Uh, if you DCA using River, there are no fees. It's a great feature of the app. If you decide to dollar cost average into Bitcoin, you set it and forget it. You're not going to pay any fees on those purchases beyond that. They're not just an exchange. Uh, they have You have the ability to mine via River as well. And then on top of that, they're releasing River Lightning Services, which is an API for engineers who would like to build on top of the Lightning Network. They've built out a suite of libraries and tools to build on Lightning Network. You can use their River Lightning Services product, their API. Uh, they have Lightning enabled, so you can send and receive via Lightning on River as well. Uh, they are Bitcoiners at the end of the day, even though they're an exchange, they do recommend that you take self-custody of your Bitcoin. So they have plenty of blogs and literature around how to do that. It's an all-around great company. I'm very proud that they are the premier sponsor of TFTC. If you don't have a River account, maybe you're using another exchange uh, and you want to get a full suite of experience of a product suite that is built for Bitcoiners by Bitcoiners, go to river.com TFTC. Highly recommend it. Free DCA. No fee DCA. They're not just going to give you Bitcoin. There's no fees. This trip was also brought to you by good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is here to help you eliminate single points of failure in your custody model. If you're an individual, a business owner, a high net worth individual, a fund, whatever it is, and you're looking to properly secure your Bitcoin and eliminate single points of failure in that custody setup, Unchained's Vault is the perfect product for you. It is a two or three multi-sig quorum in which you hold two keys. Unchained holds one key. So you always have control of your Bitcoin as long as you have those two keys. Uh, if you ever need Unchained to be the second in the two or three multi-sig quorum, they are there to do that as well. So to move Bitcoin, you really only need one key. Unchained can be 
uh, the second key in that quorum. They have a concierge team that's going to take you from zero to having this vault set up. Go to unchained.com slash concierge. Set up a call with their concierge team. They're going to get you comfortable with multi-sig. They're going to get you comfortable with Unchained. They're going to send you hardware wallets. They're going to teach you how to back up those hardware wallets. They're going to give you advice on how to geographically distribute those hardware devices and their backups so that you don't uh, lose uh, all that information in one spot. You can really distribute your risk with this multi-sig vault. So go to unchained.com slash concierge. Use the code TFTC. You'll get $50 off their concierge onboarding. Yeah, take control. Maybe you buy on River. You send to an Unchained Vault. It's it's a beautiful thing. Enjoy this rip with Ed. He's doing very important work. Take care. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. All right, and we're live. Ed, welcome back to the show. Thank you for taking some time to sit back down with us. Good to be here. Thanks for having me on again. Well, it's been uh, about 10 months since we last recorded. It was in late March 2022. A lot has happened over the last 10 months in terms of excess deaths and this narrative beginning to to change on the go. At the time, we were discussing the data that you were diving into in regards to life insurance claims and how that was sending a signal to you that something was terribly wrong and... You've developed your thesis around that. What has happened in the last 10 months since since March of last year that has seemed to make you made you more convinced than ever that that you're onto something here? So when we were talking, we were just looking at insurance company results. We looked at some CDC data. We broke out the millennials and we saw smoke and gun at the time. It was just me and an insurance uh, analyst, former. He was anonymous at the time. He's come public. His name's Josh Sterling. He worked for Sanford Bernstein. He was number one II ranked uh, insurance analyst for seven years. Um, so, you know, he knew what he was doing. And we came up with a number that showed millennials at 84% excess mortality into the third quarter of 2021, which coincided with mandates and, and uh, the executive order by Biden. And then, so, you know, at the time we were just called two dudes on the internet. And since then, uh, I got two PhD physicists. We've started a hedge fund. We've launched the Humanity Projects, which basically uh, looks at all the uh, excess mortality data in all of Europe, Germany, the UK. We've done Australia, did the US, obviously. We're going to do Canada next. And it's the same story mixed shift from old to young. Uh, uh, excess mortality took off after the vaccines came for younger age folks. Uh, and then we discovered uh, the disability data in June of last year, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, which curiously shows a three standard deviation event starting in February of 2021, took off, and we've added about 3.2 million disabled Americans in a very rapid amount of time. Half of them are employed. And then when you d- dig into the data, but, you know, rate of change, the employed folks, their disability rates since vaccines have increased 31%, while the general U.S. population, which is uh, 
obviously not as healthy as the employed uh, is only up 8%. And the most curious finding is the not in labor force. Those are the people who left or were fired uh, who want to work. Their, their health outcome is the best. Only 4% rise in disabilities. So, you know, uh, and then, of course, the Society of Actuaries came out in August with uh, their survey of the group life industry, which showed 84% excess mortality in the third quarter for the millennials, which verified our numbers. These are claims, actual dollars going out. And then they showed that excess mortality for ages 25 through 64 was 40% for 2021. The general U.S. population was 32. And so the, the, the reason why that's important is that relationship has never occurred. Usually this group life subset which are Fortune 500 employees and mid-sized companies, their uh, health outcomes uh, are, are way better than the general U.S. population in any given year. The Society of Actuaries actually did a study on this in 2016 to prove what they already knew, that they give insurance to people that don't need it. Um, that they die at a rate of, of 30% that of the general U.S. population. So basically in my book, Cause Unknown, the Epidemic of Sudden Death in 21 and 22, I basically say... Since uh, in 21 and 22, it's been detrimental to your health to be employed. I blame the vaccines, of course, because that's the only rational, deductive, critical thinking explanation you can come up with. And I say, well, if it's not that, uh, then why are all the global health authorities not talking about this? And it's a national security issue at, at this point. And I pointed that out to Ron Johnson, Senator Ron Johnson, in December when I went to D.C. So here we are. Um, the tide seems to be turning a little bit. We got more and more evidence coming out, more doctors are coming forward. So it's gonna, it's, it's a grind. It's the, the governments are never gonna admit anything. Uh, the US seems to be behind the curve. We're the only health authority that's still pushing this thing. Others are starting to slowly back off. Uh, Denmark effectively banned uh, vaccine for under 50 because their health outcomes were a disaster. Their excess mortality went up every year since COVID. So 21 was above 20, 22 was above 21. So. Yeah, here we are. It's 2023, and uh, the insanity continues. We got, you know, the uh, incident that occurred uh, on uh, Monday Night Football that kind of brought the issue to the forefront. And uh, sudden athletic deaths, while they did occur in the past, never occurred at this frequency. So that's that's where we are. It's absolute insanity. Yeah, yeah. The Demar Hamlin thing was a bit shocking. I watched that live. Uh... And it was unnerving, especially being in a bigger group and everybody trying to figure out what was going on in my head. It was like, eh, it's probably the mandates that the NFL had. But, I mean, here we stand. You've been tweeting out uh, gifts of dams breaking, and it seems like to me that more and more people are waking up to this. But, like you said, the U.S., at least at the uh, authority level, the political level, is well behind the curve. Like this episode we're recording now will not be on YouTube because of what we're talking about. The uh, censorship here in the States is still uh, pretty strict when it comes to talking about this topic. I mean, you were kicked off Twitter for a period of time until Elon uh, bought the company and then uh, reactivated your account. Why do you think... Uh, the political class and the tech giants outside of Twitter are continuing to censor this? Well, it's come out, I mean, obviously, so what, what the Twitter files have exposed what we all thought, anybody with a 
with uh, two brain cells uh, of critical thinking skills is that the intelligence agencies and our FBI and pharma are all involved in uh, managing the messages at, at tech companies. So, you know, it, it's literally a, a military grade psyop and it's being conducted through social media and Twitter has exposed that. So, uh, you know, anybody who, who wants to believe that what I just said is conspiracy theory, it's all it's all in the open now. And you're just willfully being ignorant to not think that you were just psyoped in the most grand fashion of all time. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you've been memeing this term democide into, into the Twitter space for, for quite some time now. And that, that's the question I have is like, why are the intelligence agencies, big pharma really pushing this censorship is because they did something intentionally and don't want people to find out or, is there something related to the Wuhan lab gain of function that uh, if people are allowed to talk openly about this, that will be exposed and <laughs> they'll, uh, they'll have to sort of, uh, they'll have to confront the reality that everybody knows that, that at the end of the day, when it comes to the, the source of COVID number one, and then the vaccine, they were behind all of it. So, you know, I don't know intent. I don't know whether this was a diabolical plot or a comedy of errors. All I know is it just is. I say that in my book. I keep out the who and why because I want as many people to come into our tent as possible to know that something happened. We can let the investigators, the prosecutors, the attorney generals, when journalists wake up someday, they might investigate this. But, you know, um, I've heard I've heard different theories. One is. Obviously, the grand one is depopulation. Uh, you know, I don't know about that. But what I do know is there does there did seem to be a push for these mRNA vaccines uh, by the DOD. It's coming out now that the DOD wanted a quick, fast way to inoculate the troops. And they thought this would be a great way to get the technology going. Uh, some sort of nonsense like that. So there's all sorts of competing theories. At the end of the day, I don't care. Uh, this thing was a disaster from go one. Uh, I knew that. Uh, because I just I'm from Wall Street and I know how uh, long it takes to do safety data on a vaccine seven to ten years. This was you know 28 days. It was experimental, never tested on humans. So I I thought everybody would do what I would do, which was you know oh yeah I'll wait I'll let I'll let some fools take this first. But I didn't realize they were gonna psyop the whole world with safe and effective. At just absolute lies. I was driving around Maui in the early days of the vaccine when it was um, still under EUA and it had been authorized by the FDA, not approved. But all the radio ads are saying it's been approved and it's safe and effective. Go, go, go get you know, everybody back. I mean, it was just it was mind blowing to me the 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 criminality, the Nuremberg Code violations. I mean, they're just, I mean bribing people to get. Uh, vaccines. That, that, that's a blatant Nuremberg code violation. I mean, the whole thing was stinky from the get-go. Um, and, you know, I suspected it was causing injuries and harm. But, you know, to be honest, I never thought it would be as bad as it is. I mean, I was hoping I was wrong, to be honest. But the data just keeps coming in. It's, it's a disaster. Yeah. And the authorities keep doubling and tripling down. I mean, I'm still hearing commercials about getting children vaccinated and make sure you're updated on your boosters. And that's the extremely worrying 
part of this is it seems that the more inoculations that you get, the more, well, it's really not inoculating you from anything, the more jabs that you get, the worse it is for your immune system. So they're, they're continually making the problem worse. Well, you know, let's go to the original thesis on the vaccine. You know, early days, they were touting, and we have all the receipts and clips of all these fools saying this, the pre- from the president to all the health officials, to just about anybody, all these doctors, that it prevented transmission, number one, and you from getting COVID. Both have turned out to be utter, obscene lies. And yet, we still push this nonsense, and we still have the, uh, the, the trope where they say, well, you know, you won't be seriously hospitalized. Where's the data on that? I haven't seen a study. I've been, I've been saying on every interview, someone present to me a peer-reviewed study that actually proves it reduces hospitalization, which is just some you know, like nebulous term. What does that, what does that mean? It's, just, it's gobbledygook marketing spin. Yeah, <laughs> and it seems like uh, the more jabs you get, the more likely you are actually to be hospitalized. So it may be like an abject lie. On top of well, yeah. So, so the boosters at this point, if, if you took the original vaccine and you were fooled, you know, hey, I, I feel for you. I get it. You know, my dad took it. My brother took it. They're not getting any more. You know, my ex-wife took it. She's not getting any more. So if you continue to get boosters with a product that at the very least doesn't even work at all, you're, you're basically it's like buying a falling stock where there's fraud being uh, kind of slowly leaked out and you're, you're doubling down on a bet except this time you won't lose money, you might lose your health and or life. So, you know, just getting a booster at this point is like Russian roulette. If you were okay the first time, why would you, why would you, why would you, why would you, why would you risk it again for something that just doesn't work? It's, it's insanity at this point. No. And that goes back to what I mentioned before we hit record. It seems like there's a massive sunk cost fallacy at play. And you mentioned it earlier for individuals like ourselves who decided not to get the vaccine because there wasn't enough data. Uh, and obviously there was a lot of vitriolic debate when the vaccines were first being rolled out. Uh, people were getting them claiming that the people who didn't were putting people's lives at risk and people who didn't get them telling the people who did get them that they were idiots. But like you say, like this has happened. It seems to be uh, a terrible mistake. Like how do we come to this, it's not even a national reconciliation, but like a global reconciliation of, hey, we just all have to recognize that this was a bad idea. People who didn't get it, we're not going to shame you because you did get it. We need to get over those psychological adversary mindsets and, and come together and say our governments and the big pharma industry and the tech industry just openly psyoped us for the last three years. Yeah, uh, look... I have no problem for, uh, with anybody that decides they were wrong <clears throat> and, 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 and works to get these things stopped. And that's how we're going to win. We have to convince the marginal folks who weren't religious about this, that didn't make this their tribal identity, who were you know, either forced to do it because they had to keep their job, to just wake up, realize that this is a, a serious disaster that just occurred, the largest biomedical disaster the globe has ever seen. It's the biggest fraud I've ever seen in my career. And once we get enough people to clamor to the politicians, the politicians flip. Because the regulators are gone. We don't have any regulators. No one's coming to save us. Who sa- what saves us is we the people. And enough people 
get so uh, agitated that uh, we, we, we flip the tide, turn the tide. And it, it, it's just a question of timing. It, it's going to happen. It's not if, but uh, when it happens. And I'd like to move that over to the window, you know, to today and have, you know, the, the health authorities stop the vaccination program. But realistically, that won't happen. But it's a slow grind. That's why I wrote the book. The book was a tool to convince people, uh, you know, that the numbers are the numbers. Forget about you know, who, who did it and why it has happened and it's a disaster. So that, that's, that's the call to, to action. It's just everybody needs to wake up. We need to put pressure on our politicians. And then eventually things just flip because, you know, you can't hide the bodies. You can't hide the disabilities. It's going to have tremendous, horrendous economic impacts for years to come. Uh, you know, we're seeing labor shortages. We're seeing supply chain breaks. We're seeing our hospital system literally falling apart. The UK has got a crisis in their hospital system uh, and it's just going to continue. And we're going to, I call it like the slow walk to a glacial Mad Max. So let's dive into that a little bit in terms of um, the, the market for labor and the stress on the hospital systems. What, what's particularly happening? What are you seeing? Well, so let's just go on the numbers. I mean, so the employment number, so there's about a hundred million able-bodied employed people in the U S of the 300 doing the jobs maybe it's more 120 but it, I've, I've seen numbers that it's 100 million employed people of the employed uh, we added 3.2 million uh, uh, 1.7 million to the disability list and then if you add the deaths which we calculated around 800,000 you know plus or minus 200,000 so 600,000 to a million you add that to the 1.7 you know we're looking we're approaching 3 million people that just kind of dropped out uh and that's huge. That's just like, you know, it's, it's huge. And, you know, this, the, the story in the mainstream media is it's called the great resignation. Millennials rethought their lives during COVID and, you know, whatever that means. I mean, people, I don't know about you, but most people have to work to put food on the table. So this nonsense that everyone's like rethinking their lives is just, it's the most absurd narrative I've ever heard. Uh, these numbers are big. You know, three million people just kind of mysteriously disappearing from the labor force. Okay, uh, and and we were already running tight. We we run, everything was running on just-in-time inventory. Everybody's lean, and now we're getting into layoff time. And what's interesting is, as the companies are laying off people, there's still help wanted ads. I've never seen a recession where there's help wanted signs and ads during a recession. I mean, it's this this is all you need to know. And so. Goods and services you used to take for granted are going to start getting harder to hard, harder to come by. Um, you know, my, you know, the anecdote that was real to me was my car. I couldn't get it into a body shop. I couldn't even get it repaired or parts. They had to finally junk it, and then uh, um, uh, I come to find out that they sold my Audi A6 for you know, Blue Book was six. They gave me ten grand, and then they I'm sure they sold. They're not you know, insurance companies aren't saints. They, you know, they towed it away, and I'm sure they sold the parts, stripped it for parts. So this is what's going on. The hospital system is a disaster. I'm hearing, you know, because of my seat in this issue, people reach out to me via social media, doctors and radiologists, and they're telling me that there's shortages in the hospitals. And the shortages aren't because some of them are because people have burnt out and tired. Others are because they're disabled and sick or just died. So the system's slowly breaking down. Yeah. And when it, when it comes to 
like numbers for the excess mortality, just to put it in perspective, I forget if it was Germany or the UK, but their excess numbers in terms of body count was in one of those countries, I forget exactly which one, hit like 120,000 uh, in recent weeks. Is that correct? I didn't, I haven't got, I, I, I know that the UK is exploding and they're, and they're actually, it's starting to come out in their mainstream media. I'm not, I haven't familiarized myself with the numbers, but look, um, it's becoming apparent to everybody something's off at the very least. If you're, if you're not like clued in like you and I are, people's in their gut, they know something's weird. And, you know, here on Maui, people who don't know anything about this, who don't even know that I wrote a book when I'm at a conversation, because sometimes I'm talking to people on the beach and they're like, wow, there's a lot of ambulances lately. What's going on? And of course I know what's going on. And people are dropping dead and having, you know, strokes and what have you. I mean, the ambulances are running 24 seven here on Maui. I mean, we see them all the time. Like this didn't happen like that. It's, it's, so we're at the point now where either you're going to admit there's a problem and do something about it, or you're going to put your head in the sand. And so those are the two types of people. Yeah. It's, it's not climate change or people eating too many eggs. Yeah. Apparently eggs are uh, causing strokes. Uh, I had, a, I had uh, two ribeye caps and six eggs yesterday, so I, I, I'm at risk of dying, I guess. Well, uh, we'll make sure we have the, uh, the Maui uh, ambulance on speed dial here in case you stroke Absolutely. out. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, and then anecdotally, I'm 50, I'll be 56 in April. There's a uh, world-class paddler here on Maui, Lock Eggers. You know, he died while hiking the Pali Trail, which is a trail I used to hike all the time. He, 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 you know, he was built like a, a brick uh, house and he just dropped dead by himself hiking the trail. And mysteriously, his brother, who was also a world-class paddler, died while paddling in April of last year. I mean, it, th- this just doesn't happen. And then we had an MMA fighter in Oahu, 18-year-old young woman, just dropped dead. I mean, wake up, people. This is a joke. Yeah. And I think for some reason or another, people... Uh, really latch on to celebrity and athletes. And I, I think the, the sports world, all the headlines are coming out of sports and athletes dropping dead randomly is getting to a point where it's like undeniable, obviously DeMar Hamlin falling on the field. And then that weird appearance at the playoff game over the weekend has a lot of people questioning what the hell's going on. Yeah. You know, look, I, all I know, I'm not going to comment on him specifically, but I'll say this: 95. The stat that the NFL put out is 95% of all NFL players are vaccinated. What I found curious about the Demar Hamlin situation, and I didn't get, I didn't, I, I didn't comment on it because it wasn't. It, I know how the internet works, but those who did, who questioned his vaccination status, were attacked as horrible, disgusting individuals. You know, I'm old enough to remember when. Your vaccination status was required to go to a restaurant, a school, a gym, uh, get a job. So it's 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 curious now. Uh, asking someone's vaccination status is verboten if they drop dead suddenly. So it, it, everything's flipped on. We're living in a clown world. And to speak on the sudden athletic deaths, it's, it's in my book. I, you know, I I I show hundreds and hundreds of of stories of athletes that drop dead. We used under the age of 45. We have hundreds in the book, and it's not exhaustive. There was a study done, and we put a little math on this, realizing it's mostly anecdotal. What really 
nails the case is the metadata. But let's let's just look at the athletes. Did did athletes die suddenly on the field prior to 2021? They sure did, but it was very rare. There was a study done, the Los Angeles study in 2006, looked at 38 years. It wasn't as comprehensive as they would like, but they found 1,101 such stories and incidences of sudden athletic deaths under the age of 20, uh, 35. That's averages to about 29 a year. Okay, so it did happen, but again, just go in your memory bank, people. Do you remember this happening all the time? No, you don't. It was rare, and, and you know, I went through uh, junior high, high school, college. I went to Notre Dame. You know, uh, I went to lots of football games. I don't remember anybody ever collapsing on the field or dying suddenly while I was, uh, you know, in my 20s. Just didn't happen. So now we'd be lucky to have a month with just 29 some sudden athletic deaths. We, we, you know, we recorded I think like over 100 in December of uh, 21. I mean, it just, it just, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a joke at this point. Yeah. And so, let's go down the hypothetical future in which the tide does turn people begin to come to grips with what has happened. What happens after that? And obviously there's in the book, you don't try to name names or try to point blame at anybody. But at some point, if the tide does turn, people will be looking uh, at the people that push this and looking for justice. Like what, what does that look like? In your mind. Well, it's a total lack of trust in all global governments and institutions, medical institutions, college institutions, quote unquote experts. So we're going to see a collapse in trust, which is already pretty low anyways. Um, and uh, that may be what uh, is the plan to use that collapse to introduce a new system. So I'm, I'm always thinking 3D, 4D chess. Wouldn't it be great to have uh, all the global governments collapse and then introduce a new a new system? So we're going to be wary of that. You know, these Bond characters, these Bond villain characters, Klaus Schwab and Harari and Bill. I mean, these people are so absurd that I got to think that uh, they're being set up for something. That's my that's my speculation, my theory that, you know, these these, these people get thrown under the bus and then some more benign, reasonable sounding system comes into place because a new system's coming. Make no mistake about that. The, the, this current monetary system is kaput. It, we're just in uh, a slow motion train wreck, and they have to figure out a way to introduce a new currency. And a central bank digital currency is what they want. Obviously, uh, if they get their way, it's total and utter slavery because it'll be linked to everything. They can, they can, they can tweak it for social reasons. They can stop your purchases of meat if they decide meat's killing the plant. Whatever it is they want, they can. It's total control. Yeah, the CBDC future is a dystopian hellscape. That uh, yeah, my, straight up, my children will not be living in that hellscape. That's why. No. We focus on Bitcoin here, but but yeah, no, I think, I mean, if there is this grand plan, we're gonna run with that thesis. I mean, there was nothing better than a vaccine passport to begin embedding that type of system. You start with yeah. the vaccine passport, and then oh, you have a wallet in here too. Yeah, the good news is the vaccine passport system seems to have been thwarted. You got to remember, if you go back not that long ago, the, the plan that they were, were hoping to implement was quarterly boosters with up-to-date surveillance and vaccine passports. And they wanted to link it digitally so that, you know, you get your vaccine passport, you enter your number and, you know, everything's digitalized. And that was going to be the, the entry into the central bank digital, digital currency. So that's been thwarted. I mean, the, the vaccine pushback is beginning. A lot of the mandates, at least in the U.S., 
uh, were thwarted. There's still some, you know, first responders are still uh, having to get these things. Colleges are still mandating, but the booster uptake is abysmal for the bivalent booster, which is good. So we think we seem to, we, we have thwarted, thwarted their vaccination plans in the U.S., which will hopefully be a holdout and uh, help roll back other countries. Yeah. And yeah, so if this plays out where the tide turns, collapse in confidence plays out, like I find it hard to believe that if you have that collapse in confidence that anybody's actually going to uh, go along with the government and download the CBDC wallet. So what, what is the alternative parallel system in your mind? Don't know, but be, be suspicious of anybody super eloquent and handsome or beautiful that coming in with something that sounds very reasonable that we haven't seen on the world stage. I mean, that if I was going to introduce something, I would set up the straw man, which is, uh, you know, uh, Harari and uh, Klaus Schwab and all this eat the bugs and you own nothing nonsense as the villains. And then you, you throw them under the bus and then you come in with some, some system that seems benign, but, just like the central banking system, most people don't even understand how that works even today. So you would set up a system that, that sounds great, but only that the insiders know how it really works. Yeah. So have you become more drawn to Bitcoin through all of this? Since it's open source, it's more auditable, more verifiable. So when I, when I think about this, why I've dedicated my life to Bitcoin and conversations like this, because it really highlights like, hey, you juxtapose a central bank digital system, even the fiat monetary system, closed source, controlled by a few insiders with Bitcoin, which is open source. Anybody can verify, anybody can audit. And just intuitively to me, it makes sense if we want to live in a free world in the digital age that this is the type of system that would need to be adopted. Yeah, obviously something like that's going to rise. The problem you get to watch out for is folks who are uh, coming forward in that world who are tied to the, you know, sh shadowy links to the powers that be already. So it needs to be, uh, a system needs to be propagated by those who want nothing to do with the old system. So you just got to vet people. I mean, this this, this disaster with, uh, what is it, FTX? I mean, <laughs> you, you know I mean, I mean we can't, you got to watch out for those freaks. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I actually had that freak on my radar two years ago. I started calling him out. He blocked me on Twitter. But no, completely. I mean, so those, an SBF archetype is somebody who's trying to co-opt, I would, I would argue, is trying to co-opt Bitcoin and affinity scam off of it to funnel people into uh, a centrally controlled system that sort of looks like Bitcoin, but isn't exactly that. And you can tell, like going back and reading like the Sequoia puff piece on him, and when he was explaining, like, yeah, FTX, FTT, the token of the future, it's going to be used for everything. And I think that when you talk about psyops, I think FTX was one massively supported psyop that was thrust on this market. Who knows if it was intended to funnel people into a fully controlled cryptocurrency world or um, uh, used as an a setup for a massive blow up to to drag bitcoin down because uh, i would argue you need to separate bitcoin from the rest of that crypto bullshit which is all centrally controlled right there's there was a you know it was it's like the dot-com boom right you had a couple of real companies that emerged from that disaster most of them were frauds so a lot of the 
altcoins and you know you and i talked about this a lot of that's just garbage yeah it's a yeah affinity scams and so how else so i mean obviously you've built a hedge fund you've got a strategy you're going to trade uh well we're in the process of raising a seed from a like-minded investor who will get ownership in the company we're in the process of meeting and vetting we're we're going super slow because We've already had some nefarious characters reach out to us that we've rejected. So we need to be very, like, 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 like in the Bitcoin world, we can't have the Sam Friedman's, you know, investing with us to corrupt us. So we're, we're going super slow. Yeah. Yeah. He got his tentacles and everything. It's actually funny to watch from, from uh, afar, a very venture capitalist in the space as well. Luckily, all of our portfolio companies stayed away from uh interacting with sbf and the alamedas of the world but no they they corrupt everything they touch yeah so we're, we're in the process of vetting we uh at the top of the hour i have to get off here and get on a call with the family office who we're going to interview so you know it's a slow process we're not in a rush we know we're going to get it funded it's just a question of with who yeah and so what's the thesis uh behind are you trading this this massive narrative and a potential turning of the tide. Uh, it, uh, we have the strategy in place. It's early cycle indicators, economic fundamental indicators. It's going to pick up all the vaccine damage. It's going to get all the growth rates and inflation rates correct. So we're going to express those bets through commodities, uh, bond uh, futures indices, and stock futures indices. So we're going to we got we got the magic sauce. It's going to uh, pr- uh, predict correctly. The economies going forward globally, and unfortunately, what I see and what we see is we're get, we're going to see recession, recovery, recession, recovery. It's going to be like the '70s, but even worse. So it's going to be stagflation, which is a disaster. So, you know, we're probably going to bottom uh, GDP sometime in Q2. The the current stock market's waiting to follow and, and and fall sharply soon, and then. We'll have a rebound and everyone will get excited and then we'll have another recession, you know, a year later. That's that's what I see. It's like just economic malaise for years to come. So where are the opportunities if you're an entrepreneur or somebody looking to fix the pieces that are falling apart right now? Where would you oh, be? Oh, there's huge opportunities. You get, uh, opportunities in me- the medical field, the, the whole medical system. Once this is exposed, uh, there's going to be tremendous new ways of doing medicine. Holistic medicine is going to make a huge comeback. Companies are already starting. Uh, a lot of the frontline doctors who lost their licenses are starting new ways of uh, healing. Um, there's going to be, uh, you know, opportunities uh, just locally, all sorts of uh, um, just local businesses are going to come back. And investing in local businesses personally with people you know might be the way to go if you have capital. Yeah. That's actually encouraging because uh, the lockdown's completely decimated small businesses here in the United States. It would be great. Yeah, they did. They did and that w- it was designed to do that. Uh, I've, co- I've become convinced that you could make a RICO case because it was just bizarro how essential businesses were everything but big box stores where the, uh, the, if, if it was a real threat, you know, you, you congregate hundreds and hundreds of people breathing on each other. But the small business, you got two or three people in the shop. I, I, I never understood the, 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 the logic behind any of that. No. I mean, my parents 
own and operate a coffee shop in our hometown and it was extremely stressful 18 months for them between the time they were forced to close down and the time they were able to reopen and yeah it never made sense that you can go to walmart and go to whole foods and go to home depot but you can't go to the coffee shop down the street you could go to starbucks here on maui that was interesting yeah <laughs> it's it, it, like you said it's an insane clown world that we live in and so another thing like speaking on healthcare too it, it, that's one thing that should be made clear throughout all this particularly like focusing on covid not even the vaccine obviously affected people with comorbidities particularly obesity quite much more than than the healthier person so that's always something that's perplexed me is this this uh environment and uh, society that's basically enamored with the pharmaceutical companies of the world and a pill for this a pill for that like i would love to see us come out the other end of this and people really dig into holistic health care particularly focusing on preventative care by being a healthy individual at the end yeah, of the day i like I like to use anecdotes so when i was a kid uh i was born in 67 in the early 70s i remember going over to my grandparents house and they were old but they they weren't taking i never there was never this grandpa has to take his 20 pills grandpa was grandpa was fine until the day he dropped dead i mean he, he you know he was doing just fine and then he one day he just went and he was gone and like you know there wasn't this slow uh you know destruction of health with like 20 pills and now i i meet my friend's parents and they're like you know talking about their meds everyone's talking about their I'm, this is something that's that happens slowly over time. I just remember, you know, when I was a kid, there were there, all these old people I was hanging out with weren't on meds. It, now, now we're addicted to all these pills. Or I wouldn't say addicted; they're being pushed on people, and the, and the side effects are horrendous. It cause all sorts of other health problems. I mean, the quality of life just seems to de decline super super quickly once you get on twenty pills, and then they you end up in a nursing home, which is another way to siphon off your uh, hard-earned dollars that you saved and, and not able to transfer it to your children. Yeah, it's a good place to uh, get murdered as well. If, uh, if, uh... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we know five governors that did that with the, uh, with the COVID lockdowns. There were two kill shots. The first kill shot was in 2020 when they suppressed uh, early treatment because uh, early treatment, if it was widely available, would have uh, made the EUA for the vaccine null and void because... One of the stipulations of the EUA is you can't have a remedy that's already available with current medications. That's why you get an EUA because there's nothing working. So they suppressed it on purpose, killed you know a ton of people. Then they rolled out these new uh, what I call death shots. Yeah, and they prevented people from taking ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. I've seen some stuff about ivermectin specifically that it may like when it comes to. Uh, I mean, obviously, people have gotten multiple boosters, are worried about the long-term effects, and I've seen some things, I haven't really dove into it, that ivermectin may help uh, reverse adverse uh, effects from the vaccine. Have you read into that at all? I, I've heard that. I, I haven't done a deep dive on it. What I do know is this, is let's look at hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. They were off-patent. So they were, you know, made, I guess, ivermectin is super cheap to make, same with hydroxychloroquine. 
the safety profile on them is you know fabulous unless you unless you purposely overdose yourself. I mean, these things were safe, and uh, it looks like they were effective, but they they were off patent. So, literally, you know what the system is about. The system is about creating new novel technologies to get their 17-year patent, charge outrageous amounts of money. And then when that goes off patent, they create a, you know, a slight twist on it, rebrand it and do, you know, rinse, repeat. I mean, Prozac is off patent. No one's pushing Prozac anymore in the, uh, in the healthcare world. They're pushing some other nonsense that's, that's on patent so they can make money. So do you think that's a big part of the problem is the patent system in the medical industry? Do you think that needs an overhaul to actually get quality medicines to people? Uh, the, 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 the whole system is, is, uh, for profit, and when you have a for-profit incentive, uh, it, it just it creates it creates crazy outcomes. I mean, you know, again, just look at just look at the SSRI industry, antidepressants. First of all, I think they don't work, but let, let's let, let, let's give the benefit of the doubt. Let's say they work. Prozac was a big drug in the 80s and 90s, went off patent. Uh, you know, if, have you ever heard of anybody being on Prozac lately? No, because there's no money in it. It's it's, it's a generic drug now. So now they're on whatever they're on that has got its, you know, the longest lead patent life on it. I think the patents last 17 years where they're able to, quote unquote, recoup their R&D expenses. That's why they're able to get a patent for 17 years because the theory was the pharmaceutical industry needs to be paid for its R&D. Yeah. Xanax is the uh, SSRI of choice these days, I believe. Well, that, that, that's actually a benzo. That's a benzo. just that's anti-anxiety. That, and that's, benzos are the worst things on the planet. They, I mean, they just are. The most addictive, right? Ben... Yeah, hugely addictive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and I guess to wrap this up, going back to like the reconciliation and getting past this, obviously we talked about the sunk cost fallacy and even though there is a collapse in confidence that seems to be playing out for some reason or another is a subsect of the population that really depends on authority, whether it be the pharmaceutical industry, the uh, fact checkers at the, you know, the tech industry level or the political class to tell them what they need to do. Like, do you see that making a massive shift at the end of this? Do you see people introspectively looking in and saying, Hey, Maybe I shouldn't have trusted these authority fi figures. That's one thing I worry about is just a certain part of the population is pre-wired to, to like, look to authority for what to do. Is that yeah, going to so, change? Or do we just need new authority that is more, uh, more aligned with the well-being of these individuals? So there's, I roughly break down the population this way. There's 10 to 20% of us that knew what was going on. And then there's the, the great unwashed masses who went along and go along who didn't really investigate anything, 60%, but they're not religious about this. And there's, you know, 10 to 20% of the population, I call them COVIDians, that this became, this became their religion, it, it became their tribal identity, it gave them, you know, these are people that are constantly in victimhood. That's why a lot of the woke people push the COVIDian religion, because they love being victims. And then... You know, the government gave them authority to hate on us that didn't take it with, you know, virtue signaling. And these people are gone. Just write them off. Don't even try to argue with them. Let them, you know, they're gone. But the 60% in the middle, those are the ones we need. And we get them and then everything shifts. And the 20% who want to cling on to their COVID religion, 
won't be around with uh, us much longer if they continue to get boosted. So that you know, this problem works itself out eventually. Yeah, yeah. Do you think we get justice? You know, I do believe that that's going to happen. Uh, but you know, the the first step is making people aware of the problem. That's why I wrote the book. You know, it is. Let's uh, let's stop the vaccination program and then let's uh, have some investigations to see what happened. And the good news is uh, Ron DeSantis has got the Florida State's Attorney General looking. That's how um, that's how Big Tobacco was defeated. Big Tobacco uh, hid and lied. Uh, they were being sued with individual cases and they were all getting dismissed because no discovery was allowed. State's Attorney General generals came in on this because money you know they're losing money in the healthcare system and then they were they were able to get discovery because of um i, I forget it was some some law that allowed them to get discovery so if, if we get discovery this whole thing falls apart so we need more states to start suing the hell out of uh pfizer and and the fda and the C, cdc and what have you yeah and do you see uh the trend of what began to happen during the lockdowns accelerating which is individual states like Florida, Texas, asserting their autonomy from the federal government. You see a disintegration at the federal level. Oops, my camera dropped. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, look, I, 25 years from now, will we be the United States of America? That's a good question. I mean, are we going to break down into regional whatever? Uh, look, there's some economic impacts going on here. So the the, 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 the the draconian states that did uh, mandates and lockdowns are having a huge exodus of uh, people that can leave leaving. Let's look at New York State. So what, are, what despite what you think about Goldman Sachs, 300 senior uh, executives are relocating to West Palm Beach, Florida. So they're losing the, 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 these these states are losing their tax base. And it's going to come to a head, and they're going to have populations of poor people that they need to control, and all the, the, the earners are leaving. So it, it's coming to a head. I don't know whether it's a civil war or what have you, but it seems like we're going to get super regionalized. Yeah, God, I hope it's not a civil war. I like to think that we have the communication tools if the tech companies don't censor, but there are other uncensorable tools like Noster being built out that allow us to communicate with each other like hey let's not draw guns here let's recognize the problem which was the federal government and all of its alphabet soup agencies that got us into this mess we need to i mean that's i'm, I'm a big fan of of states asserting their rights and really getting to that regionalized level more localized level of let's let the people who actually live in these places decide how how they govern themselves well, the, the more people move to the states of their choice, the less likely we have a civil war because you just you'll have states with, you know, a bunch of unproductive people and states with all the productive people. So, you know, unless unless the governor of an unproductive state declares war against another state, I don't I don't think anything's going to happen. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if uh, the states begin implementing uh, tax penalties for leaving like they do here at the U.S. for California tried that. Yeah. They're, they they're trying to say that if you leave California, they can grab uh, taxes from you for like up to, I don't know, some crazy amount of years, like 12 years, something. I mean, it's, it, it doesn't, it, it won't hold up in court, but, I, and if I moved from California and they sent me a bill, I'd throw it in the garbage. 
Yeah. Yeah, California seems to be the uh, the worst of all the states in terms of these terrible policies, particularly energy policy. I mean, we haven't even touched on energy, but I mean that's another. Uh, energy is a disaster. I mean, we literally the first uh, executive order on day one by Biden was to shut down the Keystone Pipeline. That's all you need to know about what they're trying to do with energy. You know, I think I, I think the energy policy was purposely put uh, in place to create. Um, shortages and then, you know, claim that global warming is a problem. I mean, if you look at the e policies, uh, the coordinated policies from the EU and the US, you know, the price of oil was skyrocketing well before Putin did a damn thing. So, uh, and, 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 the, and the US dollar was going up at the same time. So it wasn't a, com it wasn't a, 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 a commodity inflation cycle. It was literally choking the supply of energy to, to cause, you know, problems. Yeah, no. and, and nu nu nuclear could take care of all this, by the way. Yes, it could. That's what I mean. It's been energy has been a big theme on this show for a couple of years now, but that, I think that's another silver lining of the last year, particularly, is that the ESG narrative has been completely disintegrating uh, as people realize how important energy infrastructure is, and I think there's been a lot of good work by people like Alex Epstein who have really been trying to highlight the hypocrisy of the quote-unquote renewable industry particularly the the amount of heavy metals and hydrocarbons that go into the the front end of those supply chains you're not going to be able to energize the world with wind and solar it's just simply physically yeah, not possible you, you, no you can and, and i used to be an electric utility analyst on wall street for two years uh at, at donaldson lufkin and Jenrette. and what people don't understand is wind and solar uh when you replace the coal uh they call them peakers. When you pr replace the coal peakers with those things, they don't store the energy. So there are a couple times a year where you have um, the need for uh, electricity when it gets very cold and when it gets very hot. And so when you don't have the peak ca peaker capacity, because again, you can't store it, and, you, and that's what peaker capacity, you turn it on when you need it, you have rolling blackouts. So they're designed, th this green energy uh, is literally telling you we want to have rolling blackouts that that it's built into the system yeah it turns out it gets really hot because the wind stops blowing and it gets really cold because the clouds cover the sun uh imagine that <laughs> no and then yeah i mean i know you have to go here but then you have the the complete contradiction of the bill gates's of the world and the world economic forum pushing everybody towards solar specifically and then also uh pushing to blot out the sun with like light metals uh as well to 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 tame climate change. It's the stupidest idea I've ever heard in my life. There wasn't one person in that room who raised their hand and said, hey, we might, you know, have, uh, you know, crop failures and, and starve 5 billion people. Maybe that, maybe that's the idea. I don't know, but it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> well, we do live in a clown world, so yeah, uh, it's only going to get stupider until, until the tide turns. But I think individuals like yourself, are very important to, to making sure that the tide does turn. So I want to thank you for all the work that you've been doing. It's been great well, to see you back on Twitter. On. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, you know, but we'll see how long they keep us on. Well, I, I, I'll enjoy it while I can. But, you know, to your point about clown world, what you need to start doing, everybody, is like if you're associating with people who believe in clown world, you got to just literally get them out of your lives. They're, they, they're trapped in some sort of, alternate reality and you need to associate yourself with people 
that are like-minded that have critical thinking skills because hanging out with these people is going to be detrimental to your survival going forward. Yeah. Uh, they've been psyoped by the, uh, the global color revolution that seems to be upon us. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're gone. Move yeah. on. All right, Ed. Well, I know you got to go here. Is there anything, uh, any final thoughts you'd like to leave the freaks, any messages, any, anything to look out for? Uh, I, I would say this, um, just get, you know, try to convince loved ones of, that they're still thinking we're crazy of what's going on. We'll turn the tide. Don't have fear. This, like, like you said, it's tremendous opportunity, even in economic turmoil. Uh, look, look to things that are going to create new alternative uh, economies and don't get tied into the current system because that's going to die. Once, once everything is revealed, all these institutions are going to crumble. Yes. It's incredibly sad and maddening what has happened but there is going to be incredible opportunity out of this we can restructure the society in a, in a more fair and distributed way which is important the, the problem of central planning got us into this mess and hopefully more decentralized distributed solutions arise from all this and, and they will people are working on them i mean we, we've pledged with our hedge fund profits to fund all sorts of different ideas we're not going to if we do become successful, we're not going to sit around accumulating yachts, boats, and, and properties. I mean, that, 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 that's, that's a madness game. Yes, it is. One thing we like to say here is go shake your rancher's hand. Go, go, uh, go support your local rancher. Get good quality food and build up that Absolutely. local economy. Ed, it's a beautiful day in Hawaii. I know you've got to jump. I want to thank you for joining us again. Um, and hopefully we can do this again in the future. Maybe the next time we talk, the turn will, will have tied a bit and we'll have more optimistic things to talk about. I, I, I certainly hope so. And let's bet on that. Hopefully in the next three to four months, when I come back on, you and I have good news. Let's plan on it. Peace and love freaks. <laughs>